It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. My guest is Gary Peterson, not only a drummer, but founding member of the Guess Who. The group will be performing this Friday, November 1st at the Golden Nugget Las Vegas. For ticket information, go to goldennugget.com. And for everything about Gary Peterson and the Guess Who, go to theguesswho.com. And you can follow the group on Twitter at the Guess Who and also Facebook. And Gary, welcome to the show. Uh, it's a great honor and pleasure to be with you uh, uh, here, Ira. Thank you. The background that you have, not just with the group, well, the original group was Al and the Silvertones, and I want to get into that in a moment, but what really intrigued me about your early days, you were a child prodigy, basically. You were performing at the age of four, and by six, you had already performed with Peggy Lee. Do you have memories of performing with Peggy Lee? I, I absolutely do. It was at the Chicago Theater on State Street in uh, Chicago, and What's interesting about that is that so many years later, you see that neon sign, uh, the Chicago theater sign, in many movies. And of course, at the time I, I performed, it was 1950. Amazing. Um, I was five years old. Yeah. And, and others that you've performed with, Lionel Hampton, The Four Lads, and... Ames Brothers. Ames Brothers and the Andrews Sisters. Now, the Andrews Sisters, yeah. yeah the, was, Lionel Hampton was on that show as well. And then I did a show with uh, when ha Buddy Rich was playing with Harry James. So um, you have a you have a solid. I'm going to use a term that most of our listeners may not know, but you have a solid M O R background. It's a radio term. You have a solid M O R background, and somehow you middle of the road. Is exactly, fancy. exactly. And you you, you are... <laughs> no, I have a jazz background, really, Ira, because my dad was a drummer, and when he started me playing, I was two years old. I don't have any memory. In other words, if I was to ask a person, do you remember the day you started to walk? And I know the answer is no. No one does. And so for me, playing the drums is just like for the ordinary person walking. It's just an integral part of you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a part of my life. It has been for as long as I have memory. So how did you do the segue from a jazz, and I'll call M.O.R. as well, because of who you perform with, such as Peggy Lee. But how did you make that transition or that segue from that background to now joining, and in, it was in Winnipeg, Alan the Silvertones, which eventually would transform itself into the Guess Who? Well, really, if you think about it, I was listening to uh, radio. So radio went from Dean Martin and the Four Lads and the Aces to Elvis and to uh, Little Richard and, and uh, the Everly Brothers and, and all, all the great uh, founders of, of this music called rock and roll. And um, having listened to that, I was in school, um, grade seven, I believe, um, in, or seven or eight, and, and I was already a star in Winnipeg as far as music was concerned. And I started to play Little League Baseball, and um, I met a, a, a guy there who also went to school with me 
and we played Little League Baseball together. His name is Randy Bachman. He knew who I was, and he approached me and said, you know, I have my friend and I, we have guitars, and we're doing this, we're, we're, we're starting a, a rock band. Uh, would, you, would you play with us? <laughs> so that was the start in the very first start into rock and roll, and we would play at the, at the high school dances and, and things like that around the city. And it progressed into us having a, a real rock band with a bass player and a, a lead singer. We were called uh, Mickey Brown and the Velvetones. And that band eventually merged with our greatest rival in the city, which was Allen the Silvertones, which became Chad Allen and the Reflections, which became Chad Allen and the Expressions, which became the Guess Who. I am intrigued by the fact that you have such a clear memory and a clear mind that you're able to just remember all of this. And as you told this me before, my life. I know. I, I, <laughs> you know, understand. I understand. And I'm, I'm blessed. And I, I, you know, I'm seventy. I'll be seventy-five next May, and I'm still playing. I, I, I sometimes with a bit bit of trouble, I have to go in wheelchairs and scooters sometimes when there's long distance of walking, but. But I, I'm so blessed to be doing this, and all of these uh, stop bus stops along the way of my life are really important to me, and and I, I think about them in the terms of they're all equal. You know what I'm saying? Sure. In importance to me? Sure. I would go back to any one of them at any time. But it's so unusual. You think of most rock musicians or performers. And clearly they either had experimented with drugs or, or alcohol, whatever it is. And it does sometimes affect the memory. You have such an acute memory that it just, I, I'm, I'm amazed because I don't encounter that that often. Well, it's because I love it so much. And the drug is the music in the audience. Yes, that's your, and, high. Any, that's your high. I'm sure I come from the, the school, uh, the show must go on, you know. And the show and the performance, regardless of how you feel or how what you're thinking about, what's going on in your life, it's somehow you surmount everything else to do that. And and I guess that's that's kind of what it is. I mean, I will play until until I can't play anymore. Now that's definitely the trooper mentality, and you have it. Yeah. Well, I, I, like I say, that old tradition. That old vaudevillian, you know, when I used to do shows back in Winnipeg, there would be a, a comedian, uh, an acrobat, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. also, also just like kind of like what Ed Sullivan did sure. on, on, on television. Maybe even the sword swallower. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what, what they say about what you do is the hard part is the travel. The fun part is the performing Oh, absolutely. That's that goes without saying. I mean, you know, uh, traveling even today from when when the band was in its heyday, it was easier to travel then than it is now. You know, because of many 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 things. But you know, um, once you get on stage and you see what it means to the audience, it kind of erases many 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 hardships. It washes it out, and you're in the moment on stage. Right, yeah. Communicating with these people 
uh, who, I mean, in America and, and indeed all over the world, music is a marker of history for people. You know, whatever song was out at the time they got their first date or first kiss or marriage or graduation or there, there, there's all music popular at that time. And those songs become very big in a person's life from Los Angeles or from Oshkosh, Wisconsin. No difference. They retain that memory because it reminds them of that experience, the first that's, kiss, as you said. And good and bad. Yes, I mean, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why songs yes. are about good and bad things. Right. You know, we, we are human beings, and we go through the human condition regardless of whatever else is going on. When you look at the litany of songs that the group has performed over the years and recorded as well, if I had to narrow it down for you and ask you, from your perspective, what is your favorite song? And then from the audience perspective, because when you, as you say, when you go out and perform, there's all these people that have these various memories of various mm-hmm. songs and experiences. So I guess it's a two-part question. One, your favorite song, if you have one, and then what you perceive as the audience's favorite song generally when you guys perform on the road. Well, again, I like a lot of the stuff that we've done and you know most of it is 50 years old. Right. This is my this so, is my only hackneyed question is your favorite yeah, song. Yeah, well, no, but it is song. true. I mean, <laughs> and and what happens is you go on stage and you know you go, "Oh no, god, I got to play these eyes again." <laughs> and and, and it, it goes in, what happens is it goes in cycles. And one day you'll go you'll be about to say, "Oh go, oh god, I got to play these eyes again." And then you'll start playing, and you go, man, what a great song. You rediscover it in a way. You rediscover it constantly. Yeah, that's great. But because of my background, and, and if you listen, truly listen to Guess Who albums, not the hits, the hits are the hits, but there's almost a country song on every album. There's a jazz song on every album. The, we had so so much, and I in particular, who had an, a lot of influence, not so much in the writing of the songs, but in the arranging of the songs, how they went down rhythmically. And, and many ideas are my ideas, which you don't get credit for as a writer, but that that's neither here nor there. My influence has been jazz and, and classical. I played with the Winnipeg Symphony for one season. So when I you, when you ask me my favorite song, it is unequivocally undone, because if you listen to that song, you go, what rock group in 1969 is playing a song like that that becomes a hit? Yeah, that's right. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that's right. What, what? Who are these guys? <laughs> what, what are they doing? And and the really the the the, the treat for most people is. Don't listen to the hits. They're there and they're great and what, for what they are. Go and listen to the cuts on the albums. You'll be astonished the the wide variety of music we attempted to play that has nothing to do with the hits. Do you think, Gary, that this that was a function of your background? Because, as you say, you started with a jazz background, went into middle of the road. 
playing with Peggy Lee and others, and then you went into rock. So you had this and wonderful... Symphony and, and playing, playing and symphony, yes, stuff, the Winnipeg you know? Symphony, exactly. Yeah, uh, oh, absolutely. And, and uh, to be honest with you, although I did it professionally, most of the other original members of the band had that same kind of love of not just one kind of music, you know? And, and so when the band came together, you get to hear that, like I said, not so much in the hits, but... Uh, but the rest of the albums, yeah. But the rest of the album, there's some really gem songs on, on all 10 or 11 or 12 albums, whatever there are, that people need to take a, check them out. And what's cool is that RCA didn't never put out, and they did a bad job with us, they never put out a definitive box set because obviously in the, in the retail world, that involves putting out product, which is stock, which is money tied up. So they kept just pumping out albums with the hits on it, you know, hitting those. And finally now with digital download, it's all out there. And I'm so grateful for the fact that all of those albums are now available for younger people who may like American Woman or These Eyes or No Sugar Tonight can go in and explore for themselves what the band was. When you recorded it originally, a lot of these albums, when you recorded the albums originally, did you have any sense that down the road they would be digitized and be available for download? Oh, so, I have no clue. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I wake up after a few years, there's a new delivery system exactly. for music, and we, we get paid all over again, which is, you know, that's... That's kind of nice, right? Oh yes, that's always good. <laughs> yeah, but but you know, but if well, as you get older, you look back and you say, well, why not? We were driving a horse and buggy. <laughs> that's right. You know? <laughs> now I look at my car now, and I don't know, I don't know where to start. <laughs> In the car, <laughs> I know it's changed so much. Uh, I was driving down the highway one day drinking coffee. I have like a Mercedes S five fifty. And I'm, I'm driving, and, and all of a sudden I take my hands off the wheel. I'm doing 70 miles an hour on the freeway, and it, it starts to drive around the corners by itself. Amazing. You know, and Amazing. I thought, oh, yeah, this is what's coming, right? <laughs> you know, and I, I had no idea. Because, <laughs> like, like we were, I was going around a curve, and it, it took the curve perfectly. <laughs> but then it has a, on the heads-up display, it, it says, Hands back on the wheel. You know? <laughs> At least you can, you know, now you're following directions. That's, That's right. great. Let's take a break. My guest, Gary Peterson, is not only a great drummer and founding member of the Guess Who, but he's going to be performing with the group this Friday, November 1st at the Golden Nugget Las Vegas. For ticket information, go to goldennugget.com. And for everything about Gary Peterson and the Guess Who, go to theguesswho.com. And you can follow the group on Twitter at the Guess Who and, of course, on Facebook. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Talk About Las Vegas with Ira in just a moment. There's something new at the Neon Museum. The emerging technology of light mapping brings old signs back to life. Forgotten artifacts of our past that once blazed in the Las Vegas night are reanimated in a dazzling immersion of sight and sound. You've never seen anything like it because there's never been anything like it. Brilliant, a Neon Museum experience. Performances nightly. Join the experience now at neonmuseum.org. 
Now let's get back to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Welcome back. I'm talking with Gary Peterson, amazing drummer and founding member of the Guess Who. The group will be performing this Friday, November 1st at the Golden Nugget Las Vegas. For ticket information, go to goldennugget.com. And for everything about Gary Peterson and the Guess Who, go to theguesswho.com. And you can follow the group on Twitter at the Guess Who and also on Facebook. And Gary, because of your enduring performances with the group and the fact that you are the, as I mentioned, one of the founding members of the Guess Who, what's the reaction to the current group that performs with you? with Will and Rudy and Leonard and Dee? Do they look you at know, you in, in awe, or is it just fellow musicians and performers? I, 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 it's sort of hard to, be, to answer this question, but me having been in several versions of the band, at the last of the band, Burton and I were the only ones left from the, the original four, and several people had come. But I think that the reaction to this band is incredible. And I, I think it's because we deliver the music, and I, I demand that, that this happens, uh, the same, you know, that you, people have come back and, and said to us later, you know, you guys sound just like I turned on my Bose system at home. And yeah, so which is a great says sound. That, yeah, exactly. That makes you stop and think. Now, the difference, I think, between this band and the other band, and it might be an era thing, is that this band really connects personally with the audience from the stage. And I think that's something that the other band didn't have. And maybe because it was, it was that era where the band was aloof from the... You know, and it was into its own thing. Right, you stay on stage, you perform, but your, yeah, your, you your just, head is you elsewhere. Just, yeah. You know, we're allowing you guys in. <laughs> you know, exactly. just for this brief, we're, we're just too cool, and, you know, just don't get in the way. Uh, uh, that seems to be what it was like then. Right. Whereas the era that I came from before that, you wanted to draw the... And, and maybe that was because it was a, sing, a lot of single artist singers, right? Right that would play to the audience. And I think that's what this band, along with the hits, does now. And the people feel it. They, I've seen so many comments on our social media is that, you know, you guys have so... You, you look like you're having so much fun. Well, and, yeah, that's, and, half, uh, that's half of it. But I think your answer, which was a great answer, but wasn't to my question, but I'm glad you answered it that way. And now I'll ask the question again, which was, because of your background, because you were there at the beginning, what is the reaction of your fellow band members, Dee and Will and Rudy and Leonard, to you? See what I'm saying? Oh. In other words, are, 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 are they over? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, we, we are musicians, right. and we play together as musicians play together. I don't think there's, and I'm not sure of what you're actually asking. Well, do they have a sense of the history of the group? Because you are the living history of the group. These guys. Yeah, you would have to ask them, I guess. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't presume to think, but I mean, because in essence, you know, um, Rudy has played with a lot of people. He's been all over the world with, with Ozzy. Yeah, quite right. Uh, and I've, I've never been played in Moscow or, or Romania <laughs> or. You know, right. uh, so I'm in awe of him <laughs> a lot. And I'm always, I mean, we have breakfast every morning together, him and I. 
and we discuss, you know, both political things and, and life things and, and all, all things. And I'm always asking him what this was like or what that was like, because I'm, I'm in awe, right? Now, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I've only heard Rudy talk, uh, you know, every once in a while. He said how great it is to play with the original drummer of the band who plays the things the way they're supposed to be played, you know. So, so I've heard him say that, but I, I mean, as far as, as how everybody feels about that, um, I'm not sure. But on the other hand, that's one of the reasons why I wanted, I'm always pushed for doing new music. And, and uh, you know, now we've done three videos, which are available to see on our, on our social media, and which I had never done before because there was no videos. But I, I think it's essential for the new guys in this band, and I and I say I say that lightly because Derek's been in the band as lead singer longer than Burton Cummings was, and, and you know and Leonard Shaw, the keyboard player, has been in the band twenty six years. Yeah, that's not a little amount of time. So. No, no. Yeah. Well, Burton was only in the band from nineteen sixty six till nineteen seventy five. That's nine years. Right. Right. Derek's been in the band as the lead singer and lead guitar player, one of the lead guitar players, for 12 years, almost 13 years. But going back to your question, I am who I am because of who I am, <laughs> you know, where I was and what I did. But I, I've always wanted to try and do new music with new members of the band so that they feel part of, of what we're doing on stage. Yeah. And that's why along with the hits that we play in the show, we do three new cuts off that new album. The reaction, and this goes to your other question about the reaction, my answer about the reaction of the audience. Right. You would think that they listened to these songs as if they were part of the repertoire or uh, part of the catalog of the band. And, and I, I sometimes, some nights I get the feeling that they think it's a, a song they heard on an album somewhere and, kept, and, and just f had forgotten about it. So that's, that's pretty cool. That is. Well, you mentioned the video, the music videos. One is for Haunted and one is playing on the radio. Right, and the other one is in America. Yes. Haunted had won an, an awful lot of war, awards in Europe and a, yeah, the a regional Emmy in yeah, the United the, States. The director, George uh, A. Johnson, he won uh, that regional Emmy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always ask this question because obviously the show has talk about Las Vegas and because your phenomenal memory is there, I might as well take advantage of it. Do you have one particular memory of performing in Las Vegas with the group or without the group that just struck a, an interesting nerve with you? Well, you know, I, we, we've played many places in Las Vegas. <laughs> I don't know if you know the history. Tell me. From the convention center down there where they, you know, like the arena. Right. We played there with Sean and Ah as the opening act. And we, I remember staying at Caesar's Palace when Caesar's Palace was the end of the strip. Yes, no longer, of course. No longer. <laughs> so, so we played there, and then, then as, you know, as the time went on, we played Arizona Charlie's. We played the Cannery, and now it's kind of our, our new home is kind of the Nugget, which is a great place for us to play. I love the nostalgia, but I'm not, I'm not as smart as I thought I was because 
after playing there about four times, I thought, what is this open dress room which no one is going into? It's just open. You go in there, it's really groovy. And it's Frank Sinatra's dressing room. Yes, he was performing there when Steve Wynn owned the Golden Nugget. And he ha it's all set up just the way he left it. And I went in there and I got this shiver down my backbone. And, and I, because I come from, you know, that era. Right. That's where I started. And I thought, how, how could you play here four times and you never, I told the rest of the guys, they said, oh yeah, that's, We've been in there many times, right? <laughs> and I'm going, how did I miss this all the time I've been playing here? So that was really a very special time. Plus, we've also played Fremont Street there. You know, time. Which is a hoot because yeah, you're, you're in the middle cool of it all. Right? Exactly. When you're looking ahead with the group, and you talked about it a little bit earlier, you talked about experimenting and trying out new music, new songs. Mm -hmm. Do you see the group not reinventing itself, but adding another layer of perhaps a different kind of music to your repertoire. Well, I don't know. Have you listened to the new album at all? No, I have not had a chance. Well, you really should. I will. Uh, and and you have to tell me. Gary, it's exhausting. You're putting everything on me now. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I could describe it to you the way I see it, but... But it's important for you or and or fans to, to describe it. I mean, we did that album to take people back to that magic rock and roll era, which I don't know we'll ever see again. And the concept was that the songs were written with the Guess Who in mind, the, the, the original band, but with, with all the people in mind, all the great artists, who are most of them in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that influenced us and made us want to be uh, rock and roll musicians and, and, and do records and that. So you'll hear all the influences on that record. We did it on the same board, uh, the Neve console, that we did all the hits of the Guess Who on at Blackbird Studios in Nashville, which is Martina McBride's husband, John McBride's studio. Uh, we used a, a Beatle Hofner bass on a couple of cuts, and I used 1970s drums on it. And we tried to, to recapture that analog feel that we recorded in, not digital. That's great. And, and then great. Uh, when we did the, the, the video playing on the radio, I saw a picture still of the shot of the video of the band. And I said, man, that looks just like a cover that you would have seen the Ventures of the Champs on one of their album covers. Right. I said, that's the cover of the album. Because we were actually playing the song in the video. And we were all behind our instruments and playing in a field, right, by two trains there. If you watch the video, you'll get what I'm saying. And I said, this is priceless because it reminded me when I was a kid uh, in Winnipeg, we used to wait for the latest Champs album or Ventures or Beach Boys. What instruments were they playing? What were they wearing? You know, this is this was part of the of the rock and roll culture that we were getting, right? Yeah. And when I saw the album, I saw that picture. I said, "This will be perfect." 
And the reason for this album was like to take our fans back to that era. But we get a lot of young kids coming to see the band and they say, man, I wish I had been born in that era. <laughs> exactly. So this is, this is for them too to take them back and see what it was like to do. And it's also in vinyl, red vinyl, the album. And uh, I still have a turntable, so I'm going to get it and play it. Yeah, I, I'm so proud of that album. I mean, I love every cut on the album. And, and the guys, uh, Derek and Will, wrote the songs. They're great songs. And I think, I mean, some of the comments I read from and in Britain, one, one writer said, finally, a return to rock and roll. That's, well, that's pretty cool. It is, and that's a great way to leave it. My guest has been Gary Peterson. He's the drummer, of course, and one of the founding members of the Guess Who. The group will be performing this Friday, November 1st, at the Golden Nugget Las Vegas. For ticket information, go to goldennugget.com. And for everything about Gary Peterson and the Guess Who, go to theguesswho.com. You can follow the group on Twitter at The Guess Who, and of course on Facebook as well. And Gary, thanks for being on the show. Uh, thank you very much. It was my uh, honor. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Hey, my-